What's up, geeks and geekettes? You got... I don't remember how Cody even starts this thing now. <laughs> I'm going to have to get get my brain wrapped around this again. <laughs> What's up, geeks? You're listening to the Geeks Under Grace podcast. Does that sound right? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm trying to stick with his intro instead yeah. of what I'm used to. <laughs> That's cool, though. Your lack of faith is disturbing. What's up, Geeks? You're listening to episode 185 of the Geeks Under Grace podcast. Today we're covering ESPN and Apex Legends, Disney's most successful franchise, and new details on Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. But first we want to shout out our Patreons. Thank you to Brian Struther, Jordan Garner, Casey Covell, Jason Wilkerson, Sam Watson, David Cowrie, Unchained Spirit, Hannah Bacon, the Mouse Potatoes, Dan Aiello, Trey Brabant, Peter Talau, Michael Miller Jr., and Hannah Guse. That's quite a list. That is quite a list. So with me today, we have LJ Lowry. What's up, everybody? It's just me and LJ today. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Shelly is recovering from vacation and travel and that sort of thing. And Cody has company in as well, so we wish them Godspeed this week. Yeah, we're holding down the fort today. Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start with games. LJ, what have you been playing this week, man? Uh, so I've been uh, taking some swings at Backlog Golf. Nice. Some some good swings. Uh, I've completed two games in the span of literally a week. Uh, first game I completed was Spec Ops The Line. Oh man, it's been years since I played that, but I really like it. Yeah, it's it's been sitting in my backlog, and uh, it actually turned out to be very timely that I played this because, you know, with with all the, the political discussion about video games and violence and all that stuff, everybody knows, like you know, everybody has the same opinion on that, and it's like, yeah, that's being used as a scapegoat. But with Spec Ops: The Line, it definitely does the opposite in you know glorifying violence and i think that's what's oh, yeah. really cool like it's advertised as you know just a standard third person military shooter but it goes much deeper than that so yeah that really game like that. gets into some stuff yeah yeah and and uh and it in contrast i also finished um uh, modern warfare remastered the original call of duty uh modern warfare campaign and, nice and so it it was interesting playing those one to one because you do some similar things in both of those games. And so the way Call of Duty does it and handles it as like a blockbuster, like military film, kind of, uh, Rainbow Six, or not Rainbow Six, Spec Ops, um, it goes in, you know, puts that Heart of Darkness Apocalypse Now spin on it. Yeah, very and much. very polar opposites. And so uh, that, that story shook me. I probably played through like the second half of it one night especially like with my new keyboard and stuff so it's been yeah. super comfortable with that so it's the first time i really binged a, a shooter game like that on my keyboard and then uh for for call of duty I, I finished that uh yesterday as of this recording is that the first time you've played through modern warfare yes yes it's uh, fascinating i played thing. like parts of it just over the years but the big thing was you know multiplayer like local multiplayer not a lot of it yeah. you know like it, not everybody had wi-fi and internet at the time 
Right. Not everybody had Xbox Live subscriptions, and so it was just one of those things where I had played some of it. I had I had seen some of like the first beginning missions, but I'd never played it straight through. Like yeah. I, I heard about like the nuke thing. Um, the, it was those final moments that I had never really played. Like when you're storming the nuke, the Russian base, like underground. That was one of the coolest parts to me because it's one of those things where they kind of take the the training wheels off. You know, when you're not having to follow the rest of the gang. You're you can just run through that place and just boom, 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 and and get to the you know get to the launch codes and stuff. Like that was the first first person shooter that I really sit down and and played through when I got out on my own as an adult. Nice. Like I graduated college and then Modern Warfare came out pretty soon after that. That's cool. And so like I churned through that story so quick and then jumped into multiplayer after finishing that story. Nice. And so like that's why, you know, every year I'm I'm the guy that reviews Call of Duty games for us. I look forward to those campaigns every year yeah. because Modern Warfare set that gold standard. Yeah, and I think Black Ops 4 made, uh, like, having played this, but after playing Black Ops 4 most recently, made me realize, like, Campaign is such a huge missing gap from that series, because they're not too hard, I mean, unless you're playing on, like, the higher difficulties, but they're there for, like, the ride of the story and everything like that, and so I really, that's why I'm actually kind of interested in this newer one now, because I forgot what an instrumental part of that series' campaigns were. So advanced warfare, right? That was the one where they first introduced jetpacks and wall running. And that yeah, sort of advanced thing. warfare was when they had like the suits and yeah. So that yeah, I hated that multiplayer. Yeah, but I love that campaign. That's the one with Kevin. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when he was. That was before all this craziness came out with him. Yep. In his personal life. Yeah. But he played a bad guy in that, and he was also at the same time kind of playing a super shady political character in House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and to see, I don't know, I just, I love seeing how they craft their campaigns. Mm-hmm. And it was missing, for, I, I really like Black Ops 4. Black yeah, Ops I do 4 is too. a fantastic game. Fantastic multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the first time they really nailed the multiplayer back down in several years. Yeah. But it's missing a campaign, and so I'm looking forward to that with Modern Warfare coming up again this year. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was just playing through it. I was like, man, you know, I really miss this aspect of the series. So I'm yeah. probably going to go back and play. Like, I didn't finish all of the World War II campaign for Call of Duty World War II, so I'm probably going to go back and finish that as well. Okay. I liked World War II's campaign, too. I think... Modern Warfare's campaign is better than World War Two. Yeah, what's but it crazy? It's nice to see the return to form. Yeah, I played. See, what's funny is I played Modern Warfare two and three. I oh, played okay. those through. So, I, I just remember the the ending of Modern Warfare three. Captain Price, when you're finished doing everything, and he's sitting on that rooftop and just lights that cigar, and it's just like, oh, it's just so like one of the most satisfying like endings to like a trilogy ever. That may that may even be a, a spoiler technically, but that game has been around forever. So, yeah, those games have been around since last <laughs> year. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to, gaming wise. Okay, what have you been up to? Yeah, so uh, I got back into Final Fantasy fourteen Heavensward this week. Nice. Oh, uh, that reminds me. Uh, I've also tried a little bit of that DC Universe Online on Switch. Oh, what do you think of that? It actually runs really great on the Switch, which blows my mind i was like there's no way this is gonna run good but it does and i've not i never actually played that game is it free to play 
Yes, it's free to play. I actually started playing that back on PS3 when they were still doing monthly charges back in the day. Okay. And then it went free to play, and I played that with my buddies like for a good six months one time. We played the heck out of it. And so that was a um, that was a good point for me to kind of jump back in and check it out on the Switch. So. Okay. Cool. But that's, yeah, I just figured I'd scene. mention that since you mentioned Final Fantasy. I'll say now they've got a DC universe, a DC game that's... I think I saw it was at the top of the download charts on Switch. Yeah, it, it just came out like this week. And it's super fun, super action-oriented combat. There's not like a lot of super committed things you, you got to do in it. You can do like like raid battles uh that are kind of their own thing against like villains and and stuff like that they got some pvp stuff but it's very 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 streamlined so okay Mm -hmm. um so yeah they got a dc game at the top of the list and they got a marvel game up there too yeah that's that's crazy that's cool um let's see so what about final fantasy though yeah, so I got back into Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm playing through the Heavensward content, which is the first expansion. Oh, nice. <clears throat> I'm a little over halfway through it, so I I fought... I did the dungeon this weekend that let me fight um, the World Serpent. I can't remember the name of the thing. The the serpent that, in the lore, not Ratatosker. Mm. Um, See, when you think when you say World Serpent, I just think Jormungandr from Norse mythology. Yeah. <laughs> That's different, though. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those big serpents yeah um yeah. but it, it was a big boss battle did that this weekend so there are six six crystals that you have to kind of form a bond with through okay. doing this sort of thing yeah i have formed the bond with three now so i'm over halfway through that content nice so i'm a level 57 black mage cool that's awesome and so i've got that expansion and two more to go through now Wow, that's crazy. I, I it's hear a that, lot of content. Yeah, I hear that. I saw somewhere that they're supposed to streamline the base game stuff now. Or I guess they've been talking about it. Oh, I hadn't seen that. I like the base game, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know how credible that news source was. I just remember seeing a headline somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I guess so many people are jumping in right now wanting to get to some of that later stuff. So I'm oh, sure yeah. it's crossed their minds about that. So. That makes sense too, and they've got like twenty playable job classes now, something crazy like that. But mm-hmm. it's one of those where you have to work your way up in one before it gives you the option of switching yeah. to other classes. Right. So. Huh, cool. Um, on top of that, I have been playing a little bit of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Nice. You liking that? I'm not. I, I'm not super deep into it. I'm maybe three, two, three hours, but so far I really like it. And I know Derek on staff is on his second playthrough. He's working. He's getting close to beating his second playthrough of that it. That dude is a beast. It wouldn't surprise me to hear him say that he's going back and playing through the third house. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's really good. I, I really like it. It's it's true to form, uh, tactical combat, but it's really neat the kind of stuff you can you know roam around the grounds and talk to people and take on side quests and mm-hmm. work on your. Oh, so I got a couple of characters up high enough that I could test them out for their next job class level. Oh, cool. And so, you know, like my axe dude got his beginner axe class. Oh, nice. And and that sort of thing. So you've got three tiers of classes you can level dudes up in. and Yeah. That's pretty cool. I always liked the axe cool. units in those games. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're pretty brutal. Right on. They swing heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yep. 
Uh, and then finally, I've been playing through Age of Wonders Planetfall. I, I've got about six or seven hours in it. Nice. I know you and Maurice have been going back and forth on that. So what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think Maurice's review should be live by the time people hear this. I, I don't know what he's going to give it on the review. Uh, he seems to be having a good time with it from what I understand talking to him. Yeah. And based on my time with it so far, it's pretty fun. This is... There was a, a Civilization game that came out several years ago. Yeah. That was a Civ space game. It was like Galactic Civilizations or something like that. So there, there is a Galactic Civilizations game that's a totally different franchise. Oh, okay. But everybody wanted this one to be like um, um, Sid Meier's Alpha yeah. Centauri. Oh, okay. And that game was a total flop. Oh. I played it a couple times, didn't care for it. It didn't get good reviews. But Age of Wonders Planet Falls what I wanted that game to be. Hmm. And so did did you get that out of it? Yes, <laughs> I, I sure did. You got hero units. You can outfit them with different main weapons, different augmentations. You've got um, you you've got um, skill points that you can put into each hero. Each squad can be up to six characters. So whether whether that's a hero or a rate, standard unit or whatever. Um, you've got tech trees both for military and non-military, so you can get like hydroponics, or you can get like rail guns oh, and cool. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's a lot of fun. Um, you can get the different hero units, and they'll they'll kind of pop up everywhere here and there. Hmm. Um, so Age of Wonders yeah. has been around for a while, right? The the franchise itself has been around for probably twenty or thirty years. Yeah, maybe I was not say, thirty for but... like ever. <laughs> Yeah, but this is the newest one. All the other ones have been straight fantasy-based, and this right. is the first science fiction-based one. Oh, cool. But you have mobs. You have different factions you got to deal with, you know, doing the diplomacy thing here and mm -hmm. there. Economy you got to be concerned with. One thing I do think is really interesting to note, it took me four hours to beat the first campaign mission. Oh, and that wow. was that was auto battling every combat. That sounds like civilization level stuff because I know people yeah. can get deep into that. Yeah, and the combat itself—if you decide to do manual combat, the manual combat is XCOM combat. Oh, so you can take cover. You can pop out of cover. You can put put your uh, soldiers on Overwatch so that if an enemy runs into their field of view, they'll fire on them. Hmm. So yeah, I would almost like to see like, like the reverse of that and put the other stuff on auto and just like leave the combat. If there were, the, if, that, if that was possible. Yeah, I'm I'm not big on the minutia of right, right. managing. Yeah, yeah. Same. And I think Maurice is probably the same way. You know, he's more of an RTS guy typically, but I think yeah. he is having a good time with this, and I am too. And it's it's reviewing really well throughout the industry. Sweet, that's good. Yeah, so that's that's all I've been playing this week. Nice. I guess we can get into the gaming news. Yeah, what's up with gaming? Okay, so uh, a couple weekends ago, uh, sadly, there were a couple of mass shootings. Mm -hmm. um, and in the wake of that, ESPN has announced that they are pulling coverage of an Apex Legends tournament. Hmm. That's kind of our, our premier news for the week. Okay, so I, I kind of find it interesting. Like, I look at... Especially games like Apex and like Fortnite and um, especially like Fortnite in a way like these Battle Royale things, they're definitely like competitive. Yeah. And like even Apex is more of like a kind of like arena like tournament format anyway, right? I guess like the lore behind it. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that that they made that that decision. Uh, Video games kind of came under fire again yeah. in the political realm, and yeah. I think ESPN's just trying to trying, minimize the fire. Trying storm. to stay out of it for now. Yeah, there was some yeah. movie, I guess that uh, I forget the name of the movie, but even Universal or somebody pulled out from, I guess, releasing the movie or doing something with it. Um, so I, I guess it's good, you know, for for companies to do that if, if they feel led to. But it just kind of, like I said, I think everybody agrees on, like, how silly it is that video games have become the scapegoat. But, but yeah, it was probably the right move yeah. for them to do. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So we got that knocked out. Um Annapurna, the company that made What Remains of Edith Finch, yeah, their parent company, which I didn't know before this, but their parent company is a film company. Yep, they are seeking bankruptcy. That's a bummer. That's a huge bummer. I can't for the life of me, I can't remember any of the other games they've done, but uh, What Remains of Edith Finch is the one that that stuck out to me quite a bit. Yeah, that's their most notable one out of out of everything that I saw on their mm-hmm. list, and I just played through it. A couple months ago. I can't remember. I think... I don't know if it was them. It might have been somebody else that... Um, oh, that published uh, Abzu. That, that like, water version of, like, Journey. I don't oh, know yeah, that, yeah. I don't know if that was them or not, but... But, yeah, they there's some quality indies that, that come out of come out of that uh, company. And they, I think that company does, like, a lot of indie films, too. They publish a, okay. lot, of, a lot of indie films, so... That that'd be a shame. It seems like they've been a company that's really been for like the indie scene. Yeah. And, like helping definitely. devs get, you know, publish their stuff, so. Yeah. That's a bummer. And they the article mentioned a couple of movies that their company was involved in and I didn't recognize the names of them, but I did recognize I mean actors that were pretty notable, Joaquin mm-hmm. Phoenix and a couple others. Yeah, yeah, and Aparna's done some smaller smaller stuff. Hmm. Cool. Um, final news article for the week. I think this one's a fun one. Kisses Gene Simmons. Like, normally in today's, in in this day and age, you know, you see some sort of big celebrity, they get their likeness or something tied back to them in another form of media. Yeah. They're looking for compensation and they're trying to, you know, they're typically pretty upset and hateful about it. Yeah. Gene Simmons saw... The new Pokemon Obstagoon, which is, you, you can look at it and tell, it's clearly <laughs> modeled after Gene Simmons. It totally is. Even like it the evolution. Like, yeah, it looks yeah. straight up like him in his kiss makeup. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty and neat. He, he said that he was flattered by it. He loved the design. <laughs> he was all for it. That's cool. I, I like that. that. That's some good positive news, especially after all the stuff that's been going on. Um, even even Pokemon itself has been has been not positive positively talked about lately. So yeah, I think that's cool though. They just announced a bunch of I think a couple rivals and the enemy. I guess the enemy like team like this game's version of Team Rocket. Um, oh okay. Yeah. So they're like uh, it turns out I think they're like they're supposed to be a toxic fan base of one of the rivals. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like celebrity, like one of your rivals is like some like celebrity girl and it's supposed to be like her toxic fan base. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's like super like pop culture meta kind of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's it for the news this week. Right on. 
I guess we can get on into the pull list, which is actually pretty sizable this week. Yeah, it looks like it. So, first up, let's mention the Forbidden Arts. Yes. Uh, that is a game that LJ's actually written our review for. Yeah. So, the Forbidden Arts, real quick, it's... I like that world, the kind of... The way they're, they build it in that game. It's like... It's a 2.5D, like, 3D like, action game, like a platformer. Okay. But uh, the hub world is, like, third person, like, behind the back kind of stuff. Oh, wild. Yeah, and so it's got... It's got some interesting looking like cartoonish graphics. Um, the only thing, the thing I have been having issues with is the actual platforming itself. Like it's super, Uh-oh. it's super closed in and zoomed on the character. Okay. And uh, so it's about, you're, you're this character named Phoenix and he, he, he finds out that he's got this like fire elemental ability that inside of him that's been dwelling inside of him because uh, the, the whole lore of the world is that it's kind of built around elements in a way, almost like Avatar, Last Airbender okay. kind of. And so there's there's all these corners of the world that are related to the elements, and uh, there's like necromancers, geomancers, and uh, pyromancers, and all that all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so sounds cool. Yeah. So the the com the platforming is kind of weird because it's super zoomed in. You have a map that's almost like a radar, so it's like I kind of have to use that to gauge my jumps, which is kind of oh sad. wow. Yeah, um, you weird. do have a double jump, and you can, like, slide on walls and bounce on walls. Uh, your main weapons are daggers, which doesn't work as well uh, as a main weapon to me, because you got to get in super close on the enemies. And it's just kind of tough to judge, like, the hitboxes with the, with the 3D, like, 2.5D graphics. Yeah. Um, so, like, I love everything, like, the game's trying to do, but I just wish it played a little bit better. So, but yeah, my review will be up soon. Okay, awesome. Uh, also coming out this week, we've got Ion Fury, which used to be Ion Maiden. Yeah. And yeah, we actually got to see that one at PAX South. Yeah, that game was fun. I was super terrible at it, though, and they basically just threw, like, God Mode and Cheats on for me. I was, <laughs> I, f- I felt so terrible at that game, but but those retro Duke Nukem, like, Doom-style games, those are those are old-school hard, so... But, but it was fun. I'm glad I got to experience that, that demo. We actually had an awesome conversation with uh, the lead director as well. Yeah. And that game's actually built on the Duke Nukem engine or the Doom engine? Yeah, Duke One of Nukem. Those. Yeah, because 3D, 3D yeah. Realms is actually publishing it. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah. this this is going to have a super old school feel because it's actually a modified version of the old engine. Yeah, yeah, it, it Which, really felt like those games. And it definitely looks like, yeah, <laughs> it definitely has that retro feel, but it's brutally hard. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, coming out this week, also, we have the Grandia HD collection coming to the Switch. And that's mm-hmm. Grandia 1 and 2 in HD. Yeah. If you haven't played those, there's probably other things. Like, there's other RPGs you could definitely play out there, but, but, uh, they're pretty solid. Yeah. And then Rebel Galaxy, which has been out for a while, is getting Outlaw. Yes. I'm not sure if that's a second game or an expansion. I think it's a prequel from what I heard, but it's okay. It's actually a like cockpit view style game. The other one was um, like third person. Third um, person. Yeah, but that looks pretty cool too. Okay. Uh, and then finally, we're getting Vasaro, which is a which is a J a, a Japanese shoot 'em up. Whoa! I've not heard collection of this. from Japan, uh, and then Ancestors Legacy, which. Looks like a a Viking sort of game. Yeah, Maurice uh, reviewed that on the site. You play. Uh, there's a couple different campaigns, like historical campaigns. He okay. reviewed the most recent DLC, which was actually um, 
themed around the Crusades. Oh, and wow. So, so that gets into some heavy, like, spiritual, like, stuff, which is interesting. Okay. So that's a strategy game? Yes. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So there you go. Those are the pull list for the week, and that's video games. Yeah. So we'll move on to movies next. Uh, have you watched anything, Joe? I actually did not this week. I was <laughs> planning to try to rent uh, Aquaman uh-huh. and did some searching, and it turns out you can't rent Aquaman digitally. You can only buy it for $20. That's so weird. I wonder, like, because most movies, they stay on rental for a while, so it's not like that cycle would be up or anything. So I don't, I don't know. And it's been on digital platforms for a while. I thought for sure I'd be able to rent it. Yeah. I guess you could do no Redbox, dice. but... Yeah. That's not the ideal way to go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No. Hey, have you watched anything this week? Yeah, I watched... Uh, there's an anime called Berserk, which it's okay. super dark and, and gory and stuff. But um, the movies... I got the movies back on Prime Day. They were five bucks each on Prime Video. And so it's okay. the gold. It's called the Berserk, the Golden Age arc. And so it's uh, the early days of, of uh, the main character Gutsu, and so um, he joins this group called the Band of, of the Band of the Hawk because he gets defeated by their leader Griffith, and uh, he meets this woman Casca, which they kind of grow closer in relationship kind of deal. So there's three of them, and so basically what they did with these movies is I think it's it's based off of a manga and and an older anime. But basically what they did was they took this first arc and combined it into like three movies. And so it's got some like some of that 3D animation that's kind of popular now. Um, But it's pretty good. It's got some it's very it's pretty gory because he's got a big sword and just like slashes away at people and stuff like that. It's got some very deep, dark themes. It does. It even has some nudity as well. So if you. Yeah. Very adult. Yeah, it's very adult. If you know, if there's people out there that can stomach that sort of thing, it's it's a high quality anime. But I wouldn't recommend it for anybody else that doesn't feel comfortable. But you know what's crazy is I actually learned about that anime through a weird roundabout way. Is um, I uh, my brother and I had a Sega Dreamcast, and there was a game called Sword of the Berserk Guts Rage, and so, okay. so we played that on Dreamcast, and it was like so many arcs like deep into the anime so when i watched it i was like wow this is so different from the things i had seen in that video game so but it's been pretty i was i was thinking fist of the north star when you said berserk i was getting those confused it's actually yeah because i think the original anime is fairly old older like fist of the north star okay Uh, but i think they've probably redone the anime since then too okay Mm -hmm. so yeah it's worth watching if if you can handle that kind of content Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it for what I've been geeking out about as far as movies. For the news, we got some interesting things going on. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> the biggest, to me, very odd news is that Lion King is now Disney's highest grossing property that's not Marvel or Star Wars. That <laughs> makes me sad, and I'm one of the people that contributed to it. Yeah. I think, <laughs> it's, I think uh, it's based on curiosity, mostly. Because I yeah. don't think anybody really wanted... I mean, it's not that people didn't want it to be good, <laughs> but it's one of those things where everybody's like, why is this a thing? And so just kind of went to see it. To... The original was so good, so well-revered that you had to go see 
yeah. what they had done. Yeah, even even you who had seen the original Lion King like 400 times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I actually like the original better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so this beat out Frozen, I'm going to say for now, because we got Frozen 2 on the way. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people went to go see that Lion King remake, and they've probably sold that original one numerous times on home video over the years so so yeah they're rolling in, they're rolling in the money right now and yep. i'm sure to shelly's dismay it's also because that it's a disney live action thing that pushed it over the edge so oh yeah yeah <laughs> but that yeah that also plays on the nostalgia stuff yeah <laughs> yep and so that's what uh, disney's been up to um and then uh, the next piece of news is that G.I. Joe has another spinoff in the works. Okay. And uh, a movie spinoff. And this is another live action spinoff. And it, I was a little bit confused at first because I wasn't sure what it was referring to. Because they also talk about uh, they're, all, they're already working on a Snake Eyes spinoff of the, the ninja character. Okay. And so this apparently there's a, a thing other than that, which is... Uh, they kind of said that uh, a character named Chuckles is going to be a part of that one of the G.I. Joe. And... Chuckles? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> yeah, so he sounds like a like a covert like operative. They said it was like he specializes in in uh, in uh, infiltration. So I'm like, that doesn't sound to me. The name Chuckles sounds like the complete opposite of infiltration. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they Hasbro has some other things. That they're working on as well, but it sounds like they're working on more G.I. Joe stuff. When I read this headline, I could only think of the G.I. Joe Transformer crossover that Cody's been waiting for, and so... <laughs> yeah, he has mentioned that a few times. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess they're really, they really still believe in that franchise. Alrighty, and... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, the last piece of news, it's, it's kind of, to me, it doesn't really surprise me, but it's also kind of sad, is that uh, Guillermo del Toro says he's done with comic book movies. That's an interesting one. Like... Yeah. Yeah, so so what basically what he said, in, in a nutshell, is that the way, the way superhero movies are, he's not, he's, like, I don't think it's necessarily comics he doesn't like, is he's not into the superhero type of, of genre, really, like... Uh, he's, his heart's just not there. Yeah, I don't think his heart's not there. Like, he he loves working on monsters, is what he says, which is typical considering he's done. He did Blade Two. He did Hellboy. Labyrinth. Oh uh, yeah, Pan's or Labyrinth pa or Pan Pan. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's done things that are based off comic books, but they're very like monster oriented. And, uh, like, when I look back at Blade, I'm like, those were definitely Guillermo del Toro vampires. The ones that had, like, the face things that opened up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, but his, and I think this impartially comes from uh, what happened with Justice League Dark. Because he was supposed to make Justice League Dark, which has uh, Constantine, Swamp Thing, and uh, something they he could have actually done his monster work with. And so I think okay. I think he was kind of soured by that experience and decided he's going to go work on his own things, which he does. He does have things he's working on and things that he's done since since he tried to I mean, make Justice League Dark. He's going to get some of his monster work in with with Kojima as well, right? I don't know. He's. I don't think he. he that, see that I mean, now he's that has in, a question. 
He's, he's at least been in the trailer. Yeah, so that would honestly be really cool if not only he was in the game, but maybe he helped Kojima. Like, in, Maybe he influenced Kojima on some of those designs of those like creatures and things that are going to be in that game. So I, th- I think that'd be really cool to see him. Actually, he was even supposed to do a video game for a while, and that didn't go through. So it's called like Insane or, or something like that. But uh, okay. yeah, so that's uh, that's the movie news. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. What about TV? Did you watch anything on TV? So I I can't recall anything. I'm sure I watched some Netflix, a couple of Netflix series about we... baking or something. <laughs> One of your shows. <laughs> yeah. But this past week's been kind of a blur you don't, with you don't, TV. You, so you don't have two other hosts here to 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 fill the gap in there. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that's cool. So, did you watch anything? Yeah, so I've, I've been watching the Orville. Still. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I've talked about that before. I, I think I'm almost done with the second season. That's one of those shows I throw on whenever I'm like eating lunch or dinner or just chilling. It's it's a really good show. I've kind of talked about how different it has become, the, other than just a Star Trek parody. It's become its its own thing, and I, I really like that for it. I found out yeah. some interesting news a couple weeks ago. I, I I don't think we put in any news uh, in the past few weeks, but Hulu actually picked up season three of The Orville. And uh, it wasn't because... Uh, Seth MacFarlane said it wasn't because Fox didn't want to do it, but it was because the way the show was, was getting uh, that Fox couldn't necessarily provide them the funds to to kind of do what he wanted to do. And also he was talking about how that extra 20 minutes he could get on Hulu makes it is make, could make a difference in kind of telling the whole story of what they want to tell. Okay. Cause, cause that show's gotten ambitious, uh, over, you know, over the last couple Which of seasons. Which is not something I would expect to hear from that series. The advertisements. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's I expect still, fart humor and that's about it. It's still got some of that and it's still very funny, but it's got a very like serious kind of like, heartwarming like tone to it uh for for huh. being a seth MacFarlane thing that's hard to say but yeah uh, it's it's good but apparently this worked out since uh since disney owns like hulu and fox so fox was also able to be like hey like you know we're cool we're cool with that we're cool with you going to hulu so so and i think because of that they said season three is not going to be coming until late 2020 okay. so we're gonna have to wait a while but i think it's going to be worth the wait I'm I'm surprised it's gonna get another season though. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's got a fan base, and apparently, I guess to me, it's like if you wanted to go to Hulu, that must mean people are watching. Yeah, on Hulu at least. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I've been watching, uh, as far as TV goes. I've watched a few other things, but cool. just not enough to really talk about. Right. Um, so for the news, we have. Oh man, it was so hard to sift through the TV news because there was so much reality shows and Bachelor, Bachelorette, and all that stuff, Real Housewives kind of stuff. I'm like, what are you doing, Screen Rant? But anyway, <laughs> I think they just don't have a lot to cover, so that's what they're doing. It's all sensationalist and it's easy, low hanging fruit. Yeah, oh yeah, because people are going to eat that up, give them clicks. Um, so the actually, I did find some really good news within all that, though. So the first piece of news is that more details have been revealed on Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. Nice. Yeah. So 
recently they've kind of revealed like who's working on the show um that was like a couple weeks ago where they had like a video uh, of about that but uh yeah. they also revealed that this is pretty ambitious that it's the first season is going to be 20 episodes long that's pretty significant yeah because the way amazon's always done it is i think they've always like done about 10 episodes and okay. whether and they kind of go with about seven or eight depending on how the show does so they never okay. really get all those 10 in I, I guess um so this is they're really banking on this show and so the other part of this news was that uh, the tolkien estate has also revealed what they can and cannot touch as far as like lore goes um so this is in the second age and apparently that has a lot to do with Sauron and the path that kind of Sauron takes. I'd say what the the Lord of the Rings we know is what third age? Yes, yep, third age. Ooh. And, yeah. Okay. And and so so the thing is with this is uh when I, I'm going to be up front here and I kind of the there was a lot where they in this article where they talk about Sauron and the path and kind of some things that happen. For which I'm assuming are, you know, how he becomes the Dark Lord kind of thing, and okay. so they were they were saying that they can't touch anything that shapes like the Third Age, I guess. So they can't okay. change anything that shapes the timeline. But apparently, there are a lot of open ended. There's there's some open ended things that I guess some of the books and the Silmarillion leave open. Where they okay. s- they say that Amazon is free to answer some of those questions how they please. Okay. And so from based on what I can tell, a lot of people are saying they got great people working on this show. So. Well, I'm hopeful then. Yeah, yeah, it's sounding, it's sounding like it's gonna be pretty good. I twenty episodes is ambitious. Uh, I did see something that they are gonna try to film as much as they can, in one location as well instead of having to like return to. It the better be New locations. Zealand. Well, yeah, I I, I would assume so. It, <laughs> yeah. be, it better be. So I think uh, maybe I think they said the idea with all these episodes is that they're going to be able to film all the episodes and story plots they want to film in certain locations, so that way they don't have to go back and forth uh, during the filming process. So that's why they they say they're not going to announce any release date or anything until they know they are ready. So. Okay. It's still going to be a while, but at least it's been fluctuating in the news. Man, that's that's cool to hear, though. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm definitely a Lord of the Rings fan, but but not as much as a lot of people are. There's. Yeah, I've never read the Silmarillion. Yeah, yeah, I actually I got I got it on audiobook, so hopefully that'll be something I can listen to when I'm done with all the uh, way of got, stuff. While we're talking about audiobooks, I got to say I finished the second book in the Storm. Nice. Stormlight Archives today. I, st- I still got a lot myself, but it's so good. So, I've been uh, I've been messaging back and forth with Shelly all day, geeking out about it. Nice. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get there. So I'm stoked once you get there to hear what you think. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So uh, back on to Disney, I'm kind of f- going full circle here. Uh, they announced a bundle for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN. And I okay. think I think this is a pretty sweet deal. It's going to be, I think they said, $12.99 for Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. How much is Hulu normal? I think it's like 8 or 10 bucks, but then there's an, there's an ad-free version that adds a couple extra bucks on top of that. 
And you're getting Disney Plus and your sports package on top of that. Yes. So for thirteen dollars, you you can get all of that, which is amazing. That's a great it's, deal. Yeah, it's hard to argue against that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's coming out. No, I think November twelfth. They said is the official day that all this stuff is that that Disney Plus is going live. So that's just two or three two or three months. Hmm. Just two or three months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's coming quick. This is one of those things I'll definitely be getting because my family and and especially like my nephew and stuff like that they can we consume a lot of Disney content so Disney Plus is kind of a shoe in for yeah for the household so I'm definitely going to be grabbing that and saving some money <laughs> cool mm-hmm. I think alone if you do want to buy some of those individually I think they're as low as six or seven bucks okay which still isn't bad but it's like you might as well just buy this bundle. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. And so our final piece of news, I really wish Cody was here for this, but I'm going to geek out about it for him. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the sequel, or not sequel, <laughs> second season to Titans uh, got a trailer over the week. And it looks pretty awesome. And uh, that's the, is that, that was the show where Robin originally said, Blankety blank to Batman. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, that that first season I did watch that first season. Uh, it was good, um, but I think this second season is where they're really gonna get into some familiar territory. Like Raven looks like she has her costume that everybody kind of knows. Okay, knows her for. Uh, they're Crypto and Superboy are gonna be in it. Who's Crypto? The dog. I'm not familiar with that at all. Crypto the super dog? Uh-uh. Superman's Superboy's dog? No? Oh, I, no, I've never heard of that. Wow, yeah. So. I, I don't like Superman or much of anything around him. <laughs> yeah, so. I like the idea of a super dog, though. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, they, he actually looks really cool. He's this beautiful looking white dog. I, I They show him really quick, so I didn't really get a chance to see what kind of like breed it was. Uh, but Superboy is going to be in it. Uh, Deathstroke is going to be in it. Uh, I believe Bruce Wayne is is going to be in it because I think he was in like one of the last episodes. Okay. Uh, but it looks really good, and I think it's going to give us. I think it's going to give the fans what they want because uh, there's a comment where there's like, oh yeah, he's like the thing about Titans is that we're not we're not sidekicks anymore and all this stuff, and they find out that there was an original uh, team of of Titans, which is kind of true to. I think they said they're like, "What are we Titans 2.0?" And he's like, "Yep." Okay. So I'm I'm excited to see what that what that series is doing. Uh, the, everything okay. I've watched on the DC Universe app has been pretty solid so far. I still need to watch Doom Patrol. Okay. But yeah, that's your weekly dose of DC news, and uh, yeah, that's it for TV news. Cool. You geeking out about anything else? Uh, not really. Just uh, been playing with my new keyboard still. I've I did a lot of gaming on it this week. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, LJ. Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WarHeroLJ. You can find me streaming on the Geeks Under Grace channel on Friday nights at Twitch.tv/GeeksUnderGrace. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Knows Games and on Twitch at Joe Knoweth Games. See you next week, and in the meantime, keep praying, keep gaming, God bless. Adios.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Geeks Under Grace podcast. We love hearing from you, so feel free to ask us questions or just comment on the show by using the hashtag GUGCast on Twitter or by joining the GUGCast questions channel in the Geeks Under Grace Discord. If you like this episode, consider leaving a review or rating of our show on your favorite podcast app. If you want even more Geeks Under Grace, you can always go to geeksundergrace.com. We love you all so much, so thank you for listening. It's on!